Welcome to the New Work Revolution podcast on NewWorkRevolution.com. Take your business leadership to the next level and join the revolution. Here's your host, Brandon Allen. All right. Welcome back to the New Work Revolution podcast. This is Brandon Allen. And if you've been uh, following along the last couple of episodes, you know that I am right in the middle of a series about having tough conversations at work. And I think this is one of the trickiest things about team building, about working with other people. And especially if you went to school in a discipline that didn't really talk a lot about management or uh, people, and it was more uh, technical specific, uh, this can be a real challenge because we don't have that support that we're looking for you know, from a management standpoint. And so I wanted to put together this series because I get questions about this a lot. And I do have a specific methodology that I use. And this is stuff that I've gotten from just not only years of experience in in leading and building my own teams in the corporate world for an Inc. 500 company and now in my own business, but also just training and different development work that I've done over the years uh, around these issues and really seeing what makes people tick. And so the first uh, session that we did was just talking about how to be supportive, and that was step one. You know, being supportive, making sure that we don't diminish the employee status and and keep them in a good frame of mind so that we can have a productive conversation. And then the last session that I just did was about just being clear about stating the issue clearly. And I think there's a lot of times where. We think that we're being clear because it's so clear in our heads, but we're not articulating clearly. Or more often than not, we want to be a nice person. We don't want to be mean. We don't want people to hate us after we talk to them. So because of that, we decide, you know, I'm just going to not have this conversation. So we talked about those two areas. Today is all about how do we work together for a solution? So step three is about working together for a solution. Now, I want to emphasize the word together. A lot of times in leadership, you've got a leader who is a high level producer, they're a high level thinker, they're the kind of person that doesn't make excuses, that pulls them up by their pulls themselves up by their bootstraps, and they have very little patience for people who don't work diligently to solve their own problems. And they don't have a lot of patience for coaching someone through a specific issue that they may be having. And it's really important to coach through this situation. And we can take, because here's the thing, we can take one of two approaches when we talk about coming up with a solution to a problem that we're confronting. Number one, we can be descriptive about the problem where we can describe what the issue is. Or we can be prescriptive where we make assumptions about what we think is at the root of the problem and then jump right into solving the problem. For most leaders that I work with, their natural inclination is to be prescriptive. They want to diagnose and write the prescription right then and there, give it to the employee and say, hey, take two of these in the morning or take two of these tonight, call me in the morning and they feel really good about themselves. And I've shared this experience if you've heard me talk uh, a lot, but I, I had a situation where I tried to be prescriptive with a certain guy that worked for me. And I remember this kid that worked for me, his name was Scott. And, and I, I ran a sales team and Scott really struggled with the sales process. He just, 
He really could have an engaging conversation with someone face-to-face, but for some reason when it came to talking on the phone, he just had a really hard time doing it. And so this was something that I worked with uh, Scott with for quite some time to kind of help him with his approach on the phone because if he couldn't get it on the phone, then he wasn't going to get people in face-to-face. But I knew if he could get people in face-to-face that he would have some success. Well, the first time I met with Scott, he started talking to me about his issue, and I didn't do that great of a job of listening. I I kind of listened to what I wanted to hear, and then as soon as I heard what I wanted to hear, I stopped Scott and I said, here's what you should do. And I gave Scott the ABC plan. Here you go. Do A, do B, do C. Everything's going to be amazing. I'm going to be a hero for leading you in such a great way. And you're going to be so happy because your results are so great. So I check in with Scott two to three weeks later. Uh, and, and I'm just asking him, you know, and, and part of part of why I'm checking in with him is I'm looking at his numbers and they're not better. They're worse. And so now as a leader, I'm thinking, oh, shit, what did I do? You know, I broke Scott. I didn't fix him. And I went to Scott and I sat down with him and I said, hey, Scott, I'm looking at your numbers and your numbers are actually they've gone down since we talked. And I just said, hey, you know what, Scott, what do you think is coming up, man? Why do you think your numbers are are suffering? And he looked me in the eye and he said, I don't know, man, I think your plan sucked. And at first when I heard that, I thought, man, I cannot believe that he just said that to me. But then I had to think about it a little bit deeper. And I thought, you know what? He's right. It was my plan. It was my plan that I gave him. And he tried to execute my plan. And and I created two issues there. Number one, I didn't allow Scott to solve the problem in the way that he thought would be best. And number two, I took ownership for Scott's uh, challenge I didn't put Scott in the driver's seat. And I've talked a lot about SCAR from Dr. David Rock, uh, the Neuro Leadership Institute. Uh, and the, the acronym st- stands for st- uh, Status, Certainty, Autonomy, Relatedness, and Fairness. And in this case, I want to create autonomy. People are driven by autonomy. People want autonomy. And I don't want to be a dictator about how work gets done because if I do that, what I do is I tell them how it works for me, but I'm completely ignorant about how things work for someone else. So there's a lot of different factors at play here. Number one, I want to I want to speak to their motivation when I'm when I'm engaging a team member around this. You want to engage their motivation, but at the same time, you also want to put them in the driver's seat to solve whatever issue is coming up. I'm describing the problem for you. Now what I'm looking for is I'm looking for you to tell me, give me some insight. Maybe there's some issues that I don't see that are part of the problem. Maybe it's the systems or process problem. Uh, Maybe there is another issue at play here that I need to consider, but I want you to help me as an employee walk through that process so that I can understand that. So leaders, as you're listening to this, Think about how you can put people in the driver's seat to not only give you the, the diagnosis for the problem, but also talk about how they suggest that we fix the issue so that it doesn't happen again. Now, as I'm listening to people talk about issues, I'm listening for one of two things. I'm listening for, is this a skill issue? So is this an issue where someone just needs more training, they need more support so that they can do their job at a high level, or is it a will issue? Do they appear unwilling to do the job that I'm asking them to do? So a very common scenario for a lot of people is 
when they get put in a position where they feel like there's some sales involved. And when you ask people on the street if they like doing sales, I'm almost confident, and I don't know what the numbers look like, but just based off of conversations that I've had with people my entire life, in fact, uh, the way I used to think when I was a when I was a young employee about sales, most people don't want to do sales. I mean, that's probably 80, 90% of, of human beings would say, I don't want to be a salesperson. So then when they get put in a position, let's say that they're a front desk person at a dental office. And part of being a, a, you know, a front desk person is, is holding people accountable to the schedule and making sure that they get back on the schedule uh, as soon as possible and reiterate care and different things like that, making sure that payment arrangements are met at some level. Some places have treatment coordinators. But uh, if you're in that position, there's going to be a little sales involved in that. You're going to have to be influential and persuasive and maybe have to draw a hard line. And sometimes people get in a position where that's not what they thought they would be. And so then they feel like, oh, well, I don't really want to do this. So that's a will issue right there. They don't really, they can do it, but they don't want to do it. Or there's something, they're just dragging their feet in moving forward. So as I get people, as I'm working together with someone for a solution, I want to be very intentional about listening for that. Is this a skill issue? Is it a will issue? If it's a skill issue, let's talk about training. If it's a will issue, it's time to get to the heart of why it's a will issue. There's a deeper problem there. But here's the thing. When we hear will issues, we get frustrated sometimes as leaders. So it's really important for you as a leader, if you have a will issue with someone, not to use that as a time to get irritated and pissed because a very common response that you could have is, by God, I give you a paycheck, freaking do it because I told you to do it. And it's really easy to get into that situation, but I really want to get to the heart of a problem. There could be a false assumption that this person has. There could be a limiting belief. Just something that I can help them overcome or see from a different perspective to help them get on board. Now, I'm not saying they will get on board, but I want to help get to the root of the problem. And then we can talk about how do we overcome that. So if I recognize that someone has a will issue, and again, I'm not solving problems, I'm not prescribing solutions. You may have someone who has a will problem who says, you know what, Brandon, I, I, you know, I didn't think this job would entail this kind of sales work, and I don't really want to do sales. Now, I may look at, let's say this person's name is Mary. I may look at Mary and say, well, Mary, hey, I appreciate you bringing that up and talking to me about your concerns. Mary, I got one question for you. What do you want to do with that statement? And I'm not going to say anything else. I'm going to pause just like I did on this podcast. I'm going to pause for a second. It gets a little uncomfortable. Why is he pausing? He's not going to fill it in with with little banter. I'm going to pause. I'm going to let that question sink in. And I want the person to respond to that question. I want them to give me an answer to what they're going to do with that. Because here's the thing. We're not going to walk out of that room without getting to the bottom of that statement. And those kinds of statements come up all the time. And as leaders, it's really easy to gloss over that or ignore it. And it's the elephant in the room. We don't want to touch it because we know on the other side of that might mean this person is resigning from their position. Maybe not right away, but you know the end is coming sooner than later. And I think sometimes as as employers, we don't want to Uh, We don't want to hire new people. We don't want to go through that process. So we try to avoid it, even though we know it's coming and it's staring us right in the face and we ignore it. So when you have a will issue like that, it's important to really dive into that 
and get to the root of what the issue is. How do we, you know, can we overcome it? If so, how do we overcome it? And I'm not driving this conversation. I'm putting this ball in the employee's court and I'm letting them uh, decide what they want to do with it. It's their choice. How do you want to move forward? Now, listen, as people are coming up with solutions, it doesn't mean I don't guide or help the process. So keep this in mind. I'm not just leaving them out on an island. If they need some support, I might give some suggestions and think about it, but I'm going to challenge them to really tell me how they would implement it, what that would look like, what could get in their way, what are challenges. You know, How do I know that this is going to work differently than the last thing that they tried? I'm really going to press them for that process. But again, I'm going to put the ball in their court. Now, if they come up with something that I don't like, I may tell them, look, that's I'm, we're not going to do that. Now, they may insist that something that I know isn't going to work will work. And if it's a small enough issue, I may allow them to move forward with that so they can see that it doesn't work just to give myself some credibility for the next time that I talk with them about a situation. And I think sometimes business owners want to die on a hill uh, on a specific issue where they're like they're insistent that oh this this will never work or you can't do this I've tried it but sometimes for the right issue if I feel like hey there's no there's no real severe long term consequence to letting them move forward with this and hey look maybe it does work out for them who knows but if it doesn't it just gives me a little bit more credibility the next time I I might try to get them to stop doing it I mean it's like telling your kids not to touch a hot stove I mean you can tell them over and over again, but a lot of times they don't really understand the severity of what you're saying until they touch the stove, and then they realize, damn, dad, that was hot. Uh, That hurt, and I look at them and I say, I know, I know, I tried to tell you, Uh, but you had to find out for yourself, and sometimes when, when we let employees come up with solutions, they may not come up with something that we love, but as long as it's not uh, damaging or something that just doesn't fit with what we do, I may let them move forward with that and say, fine, you know what? You're in the driver's seat. You work with it. You do it. But again, it's got to be the employee. And I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to help them dive in and we're going to come up with a solution. Now, here's the thing. I'm not going to get in this into this today because we don't really have time to get into this today. Um, I, you know, I like to keep my podcast relatively short. And, and so I'm going to do a separate podcast on just the confrontation ninjas, the people who have a great just way of, of moving us off topic or putting the blame somewhere else. And when you go through this process of, of having someone take ownership, you're going to run into that where they don't take ownership or they blame something else or they blame you for it. And I'm going to talk about how we handle that and how to how to deal with some of the different things. That's going to be a separate podcast uh, in this series. So I'm going to go through you know, step four, and I think probably step five is when we'll talk about this. And right now we're on step three. So think about when you have conversations with employees or you have tough conversations with, I mean, this could be with your kids. How can you get that person to take ownership? How can you get them to create the solution to your problem? Work with them, help them, guide them wherever you need to so that they can come up with that. But how can you do a better job in doing that? And think about what are the, what are the long-term ramifications of really creating that kind of a scenario for people when you really, uh, you know, when you put them in the driver's seat and you let them take ownership, really powerful things can happen. So think about that for this week. How can you put the onus of responsibility on your team when they struggle? So I want to thank everyone again for listening this week. If you found the episode helpful, 
Please share it with people that you feel like would also benefit. And hey, rate it in iTunes, rate it on Stitcher, share it on social media. All of that is appreciated. So again, thank you for being a listener. We'll come at you again soon with another episode in the series on how to have tough conversations. If you want more information, uh, check me out at newworkrevolution.com. And if you have any questions, you can hit me up there. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the New Work Revolution podcast on newworkrevolution.com. Until next time, take your business leadership to the next level and join the revolution.